If you're looking for the latest news, insight into what it means, and the sharpest opinion, there's only one station in Chicago where you can turn, and it's this one. We're AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Boy, another great night for some of the left's leading lights. Uh, I know uh, Chuck Schumer was giving Stacey Abrams high marks uh, for her what, strength. I mean, she just read a speech. But uh, happy Lunar New Year for her opener. This is a little strange for me. Also, Peggy Noonan, the measured Peggy Noonan, sort of taking out after AOC. Uh, good-natured with the white jackets, who I see some on Twitter calling straight jackets. AOC had a rare bad night, looking not spirited, warm, and original as usual. Well, that's generous. But sullen, teenage, and at a loss, uh, AOC responded with more temper, more of a temper tantrum. Why should I be spirited and warm for this embarrassment of a so-too? Tonight was an unsettling night for our country. The president failed to offer any plan, any vision at all for our future. We're flying without a pilot, and I'm not here to comfort anyone about that fact. Go to your room. You go to your room. She's not ready for prime time. Where the she adults are talking. Is. Maybe she's going to go dance in her room. Uh, speaking of the um, commander-in-chief talking, Trump's most salient point on the central policy issue of the speech, one that is at bar, immigration, border security, this, this was a key point. It's not made enough. It's not discussed enough, detailed out enough. But Trump talking about the class divide on immigration policy and border security. Tonight, I am asking you to defend our very dangerous southern border out of love and devotion to our fellow citizens and to our country. No issue better illustrates the divide between America's working class and America's political class than illegal immigration. Wealthy politicians and donors push for open borders while living their lives behind walls and gates and guards. <laughs> Meanwhile, working-class Americans are left to pay the price for mass illegal immigration, reduced jobs, lower wages, overburdened schools, hospitals that are so crowded you can't get in, increased crime, and a depleted social safety net. Tolerance for illegal immigration is not compassionate. It is actually very cruel. I wish you would have developed that even more in the speech to, to explain. Uh, and basically, my view of it is what he's saying is, on the one hand, you have sort of soft Republican C-suite donor class that treats illegal immigrants as one-dimensional people, means to their ends, uh, cheaper labor. And on the other hand, you have the abolish ICE, open borders left, that she treats illegal immigrants, other human beings, as means to their ends, one-dimensional votes cheap labor votes and uh sort of caught in between is the 75 percent of americans who agree with the broad outlines of the compromise that president trump proposed two weeks ago two weekends ago that i think it would have been helpful had he reintroduced explicitly just ticked off the bullet points the component parts of his proposal rather than just talking about it in the abstract but 
but anyway, that's where the debate goes from now until uh, the February 15th deadline, I suppose. For more insight on this, though, we're pleased to be joined by Selena Zito, Washington Examiner reporter, New York Post columnist, CNN contributor, and her book, The Great Revolt, Inside the Populist Coalition, Reshaping American Politics. Selena, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. What, what about, uh, uh, well, what about what I said about uh, Trump's class divide uh, argument on the, the immigration issue and where the majority of the country is, at least according to most of the polling I've seen, and how, to his point, I think, a small group of elites hold this whole thing up because they each have their interests of using people trying to come to this country illegally for their own very uh, expedient ends. Well, I mean, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, I think it was an important uh, nuance that the, uh, the president introduced uh, in, in a way that we haven't really talked about in the debate about whether or not we need border security um, on the And uh, I think that, um, uh, that, you know, I think it was an important point because it cre- creates, you know, a visual, if you will, uh, of, of what the problem, you know, where the divide is and who it impacts. So it positively impacts politicians, in particular on the left, uh, because it creates new votes and, and it, it, it garners um, uh, voters who are already here. Uh, to be excited about how compassionate they are, um, but it, it, you know, there, you know, it, it also just creates a wedge and a divide. But when you look at their lives and the things that are important to them, you realize that it impacts people that, you know, a lot of working class people, a lot of their communities, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of the uh, social uh, fabrics that make up their communities. And, and illegal immigration, not legal, but illegal, um, it is just sort of um, a, a, one of the components that, that have impacted their economic um, advantage, economic ability. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he shied away from talking about, I mean, not in particular the government shutdown, but the, the offer that he made to the Democrats with, you know, uh, with the dreamers, a pathway to citizenship for them, and extending some work permit visas for three hundred thousand people. I mean, that's to me was a missed opportunity. What do you think? Well, I suspect that the president believes, and he has strong opinions, that he's made this argument enough, okay. and he wanted to talk about a wide variety, a wide scope of things, and not just make that the focus of the State of the Union. Uh, and, I, you know, uh, I understand that. I, you know, I, uh, his, his speech was certainly well-received. If you looked at CBS and or CNN's um, polls, polling uh, right afterwards, uh, the president got high marks, uh, which is, you know, interesting because if, you know, you watch some of these panels, you would have thought nobody, like, looked at that polling um, because, you know, the panels were like about how awful it was. But, uh, you know, I think the, the president uh, set out to do what he wanted to do. He didn't want to make that the center focus. He wanted to talk about other things that uh, that bring the, the, the country together. And there were uh, moments of uh, seemingly effective jujitsu by the president where 
uh, as your colleague Byron York uh, wrote in the Washington Examiner, at times Speaker Nancy Pelosi sitting behind the president didn't quite seem to know what to do. She was sort of, uh, am I supposed to stand and clap for this? Is this acceptable or am I not? Should I sit down now? Uh, With the vignettes with the people in attendance and just some of the things that he highlighted where the parties have come together to move legislation like the First Step Act. But, and that's, you know, that's the problem for the political class, period, uh, is that they have be, they 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 don't even pretend to not show their hands anymore. Everything is calculated. Nobody has an instinct or empathy uh, for anything that has to do with whatever the other party is saying. And that's not how you and I or most people that are probably listening to this show behave uh, in their daily lives. If something good happens with someone that you know, uh, you know, uh, on the other side of the aisle, you don't you don't shy away from patting them on the back because they did something good. Um, you do it, uh, and and not being able to intuitively stand up and clap when something benefits the entire country uh, because you think that, that that is a poor political calculation. It says everything about what is wrong with Washington and sort of the the fact that it is a company town and the politics drive it. What was a, a powerful moment for you last night during the State of the Union? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm from mm. Pittsburgh. I covered the Tree of Life uh, massacre uh, in my hometown and singing happy birthday to the Holocaust survivor and the gen- the 80 year old, 81 year old gentleman who just missed the attacks, um, uh, I thought was incredibly powerful. But I also thought that the way that the president speaks about life uh, and the value of life and the value of the unborn child is, is consistent and important if you are, uh, if that is an important issue for you. And I think he nailed it. Yeah, the uh, the happy birthday to um, Judah Samet was yeah. fun, and it was fun because of how he reacted too, with like the thank you after the the chorus was over. It was that, that was a nice moment. It was adorable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, was cool. like literally adorable. That was cool, and and also, I'm um, just again sticking with Pittsburgh and the Tree of Life synagogue. The police officer who uh, yeah. you know was shot many times uh, in trying to stop the shooter there, um, having him there as well was a, a poignant moment. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I wanted to, so before the State of the Union address, we had another uh, attempt at uh, from BuzzFeed to uh, break this uh, Russian collusion case wide open. Uh, email dump involving the uh, Moscow Trump Tower that was never built and exchanges between uh, Michael Cohen and Felix Satter, these individuals within the Trump organization that were trying to put together this deal. Uh, and it, you know, was supposed to be some sort of bombshell. But as you read all of the exchanges, uh, uh, it basically just confirms what we already need, know to be true, doesn't it? That number one, Michael Cohen initially lied, and that's what he was charged with. And then, yes, the negotiations about a possible development deal in Moscow went on through June of 2016. And so what? Well, exactly. He's a businessman. And, and no, he never pretended to be anything else except a businessman who decided to run for president. And you don't stop being a businessman um, even while you're running for president. 
and you know I, I, I don't know I find the American public even people that don't like President Trump outside of Washington not inside Washington because that's just a whole different level of hatred um, but people outside of Washington just look at these daily like oh my god this is the one this is the story that takes him down they're really quite agitated, exasperated with this. And I think that people have made the decision whether they support President Trump or not, that they're going to wait till the Mueller investigation is over. And they've sort of tuned out, right or wrong, to these daily gotcha stories about, about uh, Russia and the president. She is Selena Zito, Washington Examiner reporter, New York Post columnist, CNN contributor. Pick up her book. It's very good. The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, and we've had a good discussion about it before. Selena Zito, thanks so much for joining us. As always, appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And she joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560. The 